you to this uh, second episode of um, the Measure Day podcast. And today I want to look at, uh, very briefly, at uh, three things, engineering, you, and October. So engineering, you, and October. Um, I want to just tell you something that sort of has been an experience of mine over the uh, the last few months. Um, for those who, who don't know, and I don't have a very few <laughs> listeners right now on my podcast for for those who don't know i'm uh, i've been uh, i've signed up for a, a phd in literature and uh, i've done it through ucc which is university college cork uh, i knew nothing of the university until i arrived here but it is uh, a beautiful university and it's got an amazing english department and i uh, completed an ma about two years ago and i've signed up now for a PhD, which I'm currently doing part time, and I I tell you this because I've been in a process, part of my sabbatical, which is coming to an end in the next uh, week, uh, has been about writing funding proposals for uh, for a PhD too. So to actually get this thing paid for <laughs> by somebody other than me, and part of their process is basically. Um, laying out why this work is important and why it should be funded and and I'm is absolutely right that that there should be a, <laughs> a rigorous process and it's definitely been that and um and my supervisor who's amazing uh said to me right off the bat he said Andrew um I just realize you're going to be giving yourself to this thing for the best part of a month and the, the weird thing about it is that the form itself is only about um 10 or 12 pages long so uh, like it's not when you look at it it doesn't look like this would take a month it looks like man you know maybe you could do it in a day but it's one of those things where the more you you get into it you just sort of down the rabbit hole and and off you go and uh, yeah so he said to me listen you'll be doing numerous drafts it's not gonna be one draft by the end of it all you'll have done about seven or eight drafts Truth be told that when all was said and done, I had all the parts in working order and all of them had been edited. Um, it probably was about 12 drafts <laughs> that I went through. Not a complete overhaul every time, but uh, but different parts being worked on at, at different times. And um, you sort of have to give yourself over to that editorial process because it is savage. You know, you, you write this thing, you... Uh, I said to him by the end of it, I said, I'm actually embarrassed to think what I wrote at the beginning, uh, considering where I landed up and how much got chopped. And um, my supervisor is is amazing. He's got a very good track record with with grant funding. And I think part of it is because he is just... um, He's fascist <laughs> about writing these things properly and uh, and cutting out excess. And uh, if, if anything, I'm a person of excessive word. And uh, so it's been a very interesting, interesting process. And it's been like that for everybody. I sat in a meeting and it felt like a rehabilitation session after the the uh, the we were very close to the end of the of the proposal needing to be in. And and somebody sat there. She just seemed so distraught that. You know, she said, I thought I knew how to write and, <laughs> and then I had to do this thing. <laughs> so it was very, a very trying process, a very fruitful process, a lot of learning and um, 
this isn't really the point of the podcast, but the one thing I would say is if, the, you know, the sooner you're able to give yourself over to valid criticism and, uh, and people that are um, critiquing any work of yours with the sincerity to make it better is, is just a good thing. And um, eventually I was writing... I was writing parts of this proposal knowing full well that about 60% of it would be chopped, but really happy with that. And if anything, trying to undertake a damage limitation exercise where I was trying to write to a place where there was less editorial work needed. And I think I, I sort of arrived there. But I'm telling you all this um, uh, because part of that part of that process was... Um, Right at the beginning, we um, we had a meeting with all the people that were applying, and it is um, a very very uh, competitive grant. So, people from all across Ireland write for this thing, and and uh, and they have um, self help packs to help you figure out how to answer different questions, and and you know what part of the proposal, you know, how you should respond to each part of the proposal. So a lot of it has a feel of being sort of reverse engineered, that you, <laughs> you're writing um, with, uh, with a view to convincing people. So you're trying to write in a way that makes sense to them and, and, and you're, you're writing in a way um, that, uh, that they want to hear. And... Um, and like I said earlier, there's value in that. But I want to tell you just one experience. Right at the, you know, right at the beginning, when they're telling us how to go about this, they they called in a, a past student, a, a young woman who had actually acquired this, you know, the sort of uh, the uh, had 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 achieved this amazing thing of being granted this proposal, um, this this funding. And she said a really interesting thing that stuck with me. She said, you know. I went through all of it, the the draft proposals, the writing, the rewriting, the <laughs> rewriting, the rewriting. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, and, and there's probably about 15 questions, maybe 20 questions, and each asks, it might only be a 300-word count, but it's asking for depth analysis. So she said, you know, I did all of that work. And she sort of intimated that she got to the end of it and was a little befuddled um maybe a bit confused and she uh she sort of suggested that right at the end when she'd done all that work she just sat down with the proposal and with the application form and she thought to herself to herself what is it i actually want to say what is it that I want to say what is it that I want to say and it really stuck with me because once all of the processes and the techniques as necessary and beautiful and good and as learning opportunities as they are um she found her way back to the central thing what is it that i want to say what is it i believe about this proposal because that can get lost <laughs> in the midst of all this other stuff that um that coils itself around the proposal and i thought about that not just in terms of my own 
funding proposal, but in in terms of life, you know, that we we need to be very uh, very um, very intentional about not reverse engineering life too much. You know, we we can take this one unique, beautiful life um, that God has granted you to live in all of its glory and all of its messiness and all of its extravagant beauty and weirdness and eccentricity and you can just chip away at all of that based primarily on a well-developed though unseen process of reverse engineering that you're basically or we are basically living our lives to um to impress others living our lives worried overly about what others might think. Listen, all of that, of course, all of that is necessary. In a a functional society, you have to obviously be mindful of the impact of your thinking and actions upon others. But I'm not talking about that so much. I'm talking about about this drive to be um, successful or appreciated, that we're careful not to reverse engineer too much of our lives, um, make our lives too much about what other people think, and craft out a life that is acceptable to polite society, but is a faint recollection of the life that God, uh, you know, wished for us to live. I thought about this in light of some of the conversations in, in the Gospels with Jesus. One. Uh, particularly comes to mind, I think it's found in the Gospel of Matthew. And what made me think of this, I actually think this was a lectionary passage a couple of weeks ago. I haven't been preaching, so um, (laughs) maybe these podcasts are just a way of me getting out the sort of excess sermons I haven't been preaching. Um, But these Pharisees come to Jesus, and one of the things you grow to learn about the Pharisees is that they're not bad people necessarily. In fact, they're very much people like you and me. Um, and they're scared and they're fearful and they're trying to hold on to power and they like influence and they like their position in society. They enjoy the status and that's very human. You know, and that's very much like most of us a lot of the time. Um, so they get hammered, of course, in the Gospels because constantly irking Jesus and they come to Jesus and they, they, they're trying to they ask him about his authority but really they're trying to corner him and um, and Jesus responds with a question he, he says you know John the Baptist um, is his authority from heaven or is it from man and the Pharisees hesitate in in answering that question because on one hand the one answer would be blasphemous on the other hand they're worried that if they say man, that'll like um, irritate uh, a section of the population. So in that moment, what you have there is in fact a process of sort of reverse engineering. What, what answer would be acceptable? Not what do I believe? And in fact, that's one, one maybe glaring absence uh, with the Pharisees is you, you can be left wondering what did they actually believe? Not what do we did we know the group of Pharisees in the ancient Near East believe? What were their 
dogmatic um, uh, sort of alliances or, or, or thinking, but, but what did they actually believe? Was there integrity and sincerity, or was all of it just about positioning, about securing? Um, what did they actually believe? So I leave that, that thought with you, that woman who once she had completed an IRC grant application, sat down with that document and asked herself the question, what is it I actually believe? Um, what do I actually think? Who actually am I? This is a good a good thought. I, I want to leave you with um, with a poem for this week. Uh, this poem comes from uh, from Robert Frost. I tell you, the poem is called October, um, and uh, I tell you that because I went looking for a poem called Autumn Leaves, and <laughs> because I thought that's what the poem was called, and uh, and it's not. The poem is called October. So I sort. I, I really wanted to read it off an anthology, to be honest with you. I've got a couple of um, anthologies of poems here from England and from America, two beautiful books. And I was really hoping that this poem um, would be in one of them. And it wasn't, uh, so it wasn't to be found there. Uh, it wasn't to be found under Autumn Leaves because the poem is actually October. And <laughs> and uh, and it wasn't to be found under October either. Um I don't know what the weather is like where you are, but where we are, it's it's changed, changing, changed. Um, the summer is gone, and and uh, winter is, if not upon us, is nearing, and it, it very much is the season of of autumn and and fall, and uh, it comes with its own sort of sense and its own its own feeling. And uh, October actually isn't a bad month for us because. It's Aaron's birthday month, and Aaron unbelievably turned seven um, last week, and um, she just had uh, she just loves this month, and co- consequently, because it is so close to her her birthday, her f- her favorite holiday of the year is Halloween, and uh, you know, coming from a good Christian household, we're trying to convince her that maybe Christmas, maybe Easter should be bumped up, but no, no, it's it's, <laughs> it's Halloween, so she had a Halloween-themed uh, seventh birthday party, and uh, and uh, and loves this time of year, uh, loves Halloween, although she hates scary movies, so there's a bit of a uh, sort of a paradox uh, inconsistency there um, but anyway we are well into October now I stare out my office window and it's gray skies and and rain and I've had to boost the heating a couple of times over the last few days so it's getting a bit colder as well Robert Frost a, a poet called the New England poet um, lived from 1874 to 1963 he wrote some magnificent uh, poetry his most famous famous poem has the line two roads diverged in the wood and i took the the road less traveled by and that made all the difference um, but he wrote this poem called october it's a poem without stanzas um, because it's a poem of a single theme really which is the theme of death um, which for us as christians is 
not the end of the world in, <laughs> in more than one sense. And uh, it also has no stanzas because it's uh, conveying the unwavering passage of time. And uh, it goes like this. Oh, hushed October, morning mild. Thy leaves have ripened to the fall. Tomorrow's wind, if it be wild, should waste them all. The crows above the forest call, tomorrow they may form and go. O hushed October morning mild, begin the hours of this day slow. Make the day seem to us less brief, hearts not averse to being beguiled. Beguile us in the way you know. Release one leaf at break of day, at noon release another leaf. One from our trees, one far away. Retard the sun with gentle mist, enchant the land with amethyst. Slow, slow, for the grape's sake, if they were all whose leaves already are burnt with frost, whose clustered fruit must else be lost, for the grape's sake along the wall. The line that uh, stands out for me there is um, the line about releasing a leaf. Um, years ago, um, around this time, when we had moved to Ireland, I think it might have been our first year here, uh, we went away on a, a retreat in someone's garden, and I think it was actually towards the end of summer. It wasn't quite into into fall yet, and they had a, a priest who, I don't know, had a degree in botany or biology or whatever, and he made such a beautiful point, and I think it's one that Robert Frost picks up in that poem. He says, you know, that, that leaves don't so much die and fall from, from the branches of trees. He sees it's more like the, the trees letting the leaf go. And, um, you know, it's such a nuanced idea, but such a beautiful one. Um, friends, thank you for, for listening to this uh, second podcast of The Measured Day, Engineering You and October, wishing you a blessed time. Until next time, bye for now.